Welcome everybody to the Be Kind Podcast, part of the Animal Advocates mission to create a more compassionate world for all living creatures, whether or not they go to Ivy League colleges, community colleges, state colleges, professional school, or even just go straight into the workforce. Why am I talking about post-secondary education opportunities? That was a word. It's because I am talking to Ella and John today, and Ella is a college graduate from the local... She is almost there. Almost there. (laughs) She is a soon-to-be college graduate from a local institution, and she'll tell us a lot more about that in a minute. And I'm also joined by John again. Hello, everybody. So welcome to the show, Ella. How are you today? Pretty good. It is warm out, so and I, I swear my mood follows the weather. So if you want to know how I'm feeling, just check the weather. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, I actually feel really good today, too. So yeah, it must be the weather. Mm-hmm. You're both show-offs. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm feeling good, too, because I'm with two great people. So, Ah, oh, shucks. <laughs> so, Ella, without further ado, do you want to tell us a little bit about you in general and your vegan journey? So, I go to school at Kutztown University. I started off at Hack for two years, and then I transferred to Kutztown. I have been vegan for almost six years in two weeks from Monday, two weeks from this past Monday, it'll be six years. So yay. Very excited for that. Yeah. So basically at this point, all of college, I was almost done with high school when I first went vegan. And then here we are six years later. So it's, it's been like kind of bookending the whole thing. So you went vegan at a fairly young age relative to most vegans. What made you make that decision so early? And how was it in those first few years of the experience? So I had a friend, Jackie, And her and her twin had been vegetarian their entire lives. And we were in a musical and she had gone vegan as like a New Year's resolution. I was asking her, of course, we had the stereotypical conversation where I said, so why are you vegan now? And she said, oh, I don't know. I said, like animals or health. And she goes, yeah, all of it. And I said, okay, well, that's really good for you. But I could never give up mac and cheese. That's exactly what I said. A few weeks later, I found myself talking to her as well during a musical rehearsal. And yeah, this conversation that started our conversation (laughs) was she said humans aren't omnivores. And I was like, what are you talking about? Of course they are. Like, look how menacing I am. Right. Classic. The conversation built and built and built and everything I said, she had a response to. Then before I knew it, we were talking to another friend and I found myself arguing on her side and I had officially switched sides of the argument. Then I ended up going home, looking on YouTube at Bite Size Vegans video. I typed in YouTube, are humans omnivores? And her video came up. I watched it. I was mind blown. And then in the recommended I saw Gary Rofsky's famous best speech ever. And I was like, really? Best speech ever? I feel like every speech claims that. So I was like, okay, sure. So I clicked on it. An hour later, I walked into the kitchen and said, hey, mom, I'm vegan now. And she goes, what? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, oh, uh, okay. And then, and then that was it. The next day, I was just kind of like, okay, what can I eat? But it wasn't like stressful. It was more just like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. And at first, however, I did say, okay, since this is like a big all of a sudden change, 
I'm going to quote unquote allow myself to have sushi for a few months or so until I figure it out. I only had sushi two times again. There just wasn't really a reason to have anything else. I definitely got a lot of pushback. I mean, as anyone does, my immediate family just was like, okay, that's what you're doing now. I had a lot more pushback from my extended family. I had a cousin who said that, oh, you're really becoming really crazy on vegan stuff on Facebook, aren't you? And I just kind of walked away. And then I had an uncle at uh, New Year's that year, so not even a full year afterward, say, oh, I've seen vegans before. You know, they never last more than a year or two. I'll see you next Christmas and you'll be having the meatballs. And it's partly in spite. I just really wanted to prove him wrong. And I think I've done that. At this point, he doesn't even remember saying that, which is funny because these little comments that we say, we never remember it until someone brings it up. Like the thing I said about mac and cheese, the only reason I remember that is because it's such a classic line. But in the moment, it was just something I said and I never took note of what I said. Yeah. So that was kind of like how it all started. I think that speaks to a couple of things we see on the show a lot is that best way to make vegans is have them hang out with other awesome vegans. And that was definitely the case. And you're doing that now by hanging out with other people in the world as well, not being so self-contained and only sticking to your purely vegan circles. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. And then another thing that I think a lot of people always forget is that sometimes you could just go vegan on the spot. It doesn't have to be a process. You don't have to really transition. You can say, I'll do this now. And then you can go and be vegan. It's totally a thing. You don't need to stress too much about transitioning or anything like that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are like the opposite and that they're like, oh my God, it's such a huge change. And I've never really been able to relate to that because, you know, in all of the times with activism, I always encourage people to just go for it. And I can't personally quite wrap my head around the idea that it's like once you get it, you get it. And once it all clicks, it's not like you, you can't go back like in your head once it all makes sense and lines up. That was kind of like the clicking point. And then it just it never went back. So I still am trying to figure that out every time I talk to somebody that I couldn't understand like, oh, well, I guess I'll just have one day vegan a week. Like if for me, if there was a reason to do it, there was a reason to do it the complete way. And also I never like went vegetarian for a while. I mean, okay, except for in 10th grade when we watched Food Inc. and I didn't eat chicken for two weeks. (laughs) Other than that, I never like, oh, I'm vegetarian and then I'm vegan. Like if there was a good enough reason to change what I eat, it would be enough reason to do it completely. You know what I mean? That's something that I feel like vegans struggle with a lot when they hear things like meatless Mondays or only eat cheese every once in a while and things like that, where if it's really a strong ethical issue or stance for you, it should be a strong ethical stance for you that's consistent throughout your life, not something you can just do Mm -hmm. wishy-washy every now and then. Right. Something else that I'm interested in hearing a little bit more about is that vegans a lot of times find that the uh, vegan label consumes them and becomes kind of only who they are. And that is troublesome in adult lives or older individuals. But even in high school and college, labels and things like that are more prominent where you're the vegan person, you're the artsy person, you're the jock, kind, you're the nerd, you're the cheerleader. Using all the stereotypes, I really don't think those are accurate because... People are so much more than the labels we assign them. But how was it navigating life in college and high school? Well, I'm going to guess that you a lot of times got labeled as that vegan person. Definitely more so when I was running Veg Club, which was not really the best experience, to be honest. 
when I first went to Kutztown at Hack, I didn't really have anything related to the school vegan wise, besides emailing Just Egg or Just Ranch at that point and seeing if I could get their condiments in the dining hall. Other than that, when I went to Kutztown, I was like, okay, we got to do something. There's clubs here. There's tons of stuff. So I was looking for actively seeking out a veg club. And it wasn't until halfway through the semester that I was going to lunch one day and the vegan outreach people who tour around the country and set up tables with VR and snacks was in our lobby of our student union. And I was like, oh my God, hello, right there in front of me. I was like super excited, basically skipped half my class to help them out for the rest of the day and kind of took over their setup, to be honest. I pretty much spent the rest of the day helping them and became friends with the person, Yuri, who is an absolute champion. He just drives everywhere in that van and goes to schools all over the place and does that. While I was standing there, I bumped into the current president of what was then called the Vegetarian Education Group, which wasn't really my pick of names. And she said, hi. And then I was like, oh my God, I've been looking for a vegan related club. I couldn't find you guys. And she said, I can't do this. You want the club? Here, have it. Pretty much. Slight exaggeration. But within a few weeks, I was owner, president, like of this empty club that had fallen down and died. And it was my mission to revive it and make it what it could be. So we started off with movie screenings. And I believe I tried to do Dominion first. That was changed because the day we had it planned for ended up being like a blizzard. And campus was like closed early. So I was like, okay, this isn't going to happen. When we rescheduled it, I thought, okay, probably the best way to introduce people to our club and the screenings is not by like traumatizing them right off the bat. So we did what the health instead. We ordered a pizza. We had Oreos and it was a good time. We actually got like 12 people, which considering all the circumstances, that was a successful event. Those people never showed up again. We had this constant issue of no matter what I did, I was running myself ragged, designing posters, designing, like making buttons, distributing buttons, going to events, putting up the posters, sending emails, everything. And it was just nearly impossible to find people who were interested. And when we did find a few people who were interested, we definitely did have some interest but there was no one that really matched the level of like passion and drive that I had for it. Everyone was kind of more relaxed about it. It was casual. It was like, oh yeah, I'm vegan, but I don't really want to push it in anybody's face. Again, I never said I want to push it, but I want to push the movement, but not push it in someone's face because we know that's not effective. But I definitely had a lot more drive and I was having issues finding people who match that passion. And I felt like I was putting in so much effort and nothing was coming from it. And I was completely draining myself and getting completely burnt out. Actually, two years straight, we had two different teams, executive e-board, they call it, president, vice president. And multiple times there was conflict amongst the board where everyone kind of had a different idea on what they want the club to be. A popular opinion was they wanted the club to be more of like a hangout and potluck style club. I wanted to do chalking, which we did a lot of. We did a lot of writing chalk on the campus. We did events where we painted rocks and distributed them. And then, of course, we found those rocks in the trash can. Even though we definitely had a few like actions, as people would call them, throughout time, 
nothing really panned out and it was solely me running with people sitting in a wagon and like exhausting myself and it was a bicycle built for four and it, it was one person pedaling it yeah it just it wasn't worth the effort and it was really kind of disheartening because I had big dreams of what I wanted to do and I thought oh who better than someone who's a student there and has this background and all this knowledge and it kind of all went to waste and I kind of gave up on it which is really sad but that's kind of the reality of it COVID definitely didn't help so we had a whole semester or half a semester completely online and then the following semester well actually following year of school it was mostly online classes but I was on the campus and in person mostly so I had talked to the advisor and I said, look, I'm okay with doing something, but nothing ever really ended up happening. All of the other members basically never showed their face again, never said anything. I've never heard from them ever again. And I kind of reassessed and I said, look, this is important to me, but it's not getting anywhere here. And if this is running me ragged, I'm not going to be able to actually do any good help if I'm completely drained from fighting an uphill battle of no one on campus cares. We did actually, back when I was organizer for Anonymous to the Voiceless in Lancaster, I worked with AV Lehigh Valley, which I'm not sure if they exist anymore. But at the time, the three of us, they had two organizers and then me, we hosted a cube on campus, which was pretty successful, I would say. However, the weeks and months and years since then, it has become known as that day that the creepy people came to campus. And I heard people saying, oh, did you? Oh, that was you? You did that really disturbing thing with the masks? And Apparently, it was something that was talked about. People put videos on their social media about it, but not in like a, oh, I'm curious what they're doing. They just assumed we were bad news. They never came over and talked to us. All of the interactions we had that day were positive. And instead of, if you don't know what something is and you're weirded out, I mean, you could come up and ask. It's not like I'm going to attack you. <laughs> it was just really bizarre to like have the event. And we thought, oh, this went really well. And everybody who came up, we had great conversations, really good reception. And then after the fact, hearing that like, oh no, everyone hated it, intensely hated it. I was like, okay, well, you didn't say anything. And that seems to be popular among college students is not saying when you don't like something and just whispering about it and hiding and passive aggressiveness is just the standard. And I am so glad to be almost done with school <laughs> because this was not at all like the experience I've had outside of school. I mean, I've had experience with your group. I've had other activism related things, plenty of it. And I was not prepared for the completely different culture that you get at a community, not even community college, at a university. It's a completely different group of people. That's just not their priority. And finding people who are willing to give up their comfort and familiarity in order to do something that is morally right in any context, especially in this one, is almost impossible to find. Very, very few people actually care about what's right and what's wrong and, you know, the bigger picture. They're very thinking short-term, thinking about their little bubble. And it's kind of sad to see that. I think it's amazing that you even made the effort. I mean, the fact that you went from not being president of something to being president, I, I'm sure you've never been like president of anything before, right? So jumping into something like that and just going through is really impressive. And I think it's great that you even made the effort because especially yeah. i mean 
you go to a pretty small town college, so it's not like, you know. Yeah, I would say it's one of the major main state schools. Right. So, yeah, it's it's not massive, but it's not like a tiny college. It's definitely a university. Right, right. But if it was like a city university, like somewhere in like Philly, you probably would have had like a slightly better reception. Right. But, you know, Kutztown's kind of like, (laughs) kind of in the middle of nowhere. People who go to Kutztown, right, the experience I've had in terms of like where people are from who go here mm-hmm. is a good majority of the people live within like 40 minutes of here. Right. Um, I live an hour and 20 minutes from here and there's many other schools from here until there, but that's definitely not the norm here. But like people who go to Temple, for example, are traveling farther. Most often you're going to get a wider variety of people with interests and people choose the city because it's connected to a lot of things so yeah i would definitely have had a different experience if i went there i applaud you for making the effort i think that's great thank you for sharing i know that must have not been easy must have brought a lot of emotions and i wouldn't discount what you did either i think you'd be surprised with the impression you left on people just earlier you were saying how people say things and leaves a big impression on you and we've had countless people on the show who say i told one person they said one thing and that stuck with me so you you don't know what kind of ripples you put out there that are now raging tsunamis of veganism yeah i i think you plant, i think you planted some seeds uh regardless of what they were saying about it afterwards i they they still had that in their heads so yeah that'll stick with them for a while that's the weird thing about it is that we don't know like unless you get that person's contact information and you become friends with them and you follow along if it's some random person like i talked to bob i say okay have a good day bye and then I've never heard from Bob again. I'll probably never see him again. I have no idea what ends up happening. And that's kind of the wild part about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, we kind of have that experience when we do our tabling events too, because, you know, we'll have that conversation and then we may never see those people again or they un- end up on the board <laughs> or something crazy. But yeah, oftentimes, like we never see those people again. So you never know what kind of impact it's Yeah. Been. But hopefully it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, and you said that I had never been president, which is mostly true. But the reason I was so confident that I could do something is, I mean, I told you about AV, which is one of the other big newsworthy things going on right now in my life in terms of that, is that Anonymous for the Voiceless, for those of you listening who are not familiar, it's a worldwide organization that involves wearing masks Ironically enough, I have them on the floor right here. We're figuring out what to do with them. And we basically do street demonstrations, showing slaughterhouse footage and having conversations with people is the gist of it, which is definitely something that gets mixed feedback. People either think it's really powerful and really amazing, or they're like, oh, that's a creepy cult. Stay away. The amazing, powerful part of it is what you have in person when you're working with your local chapter, your organizers, and the conversations that you have actively while you're holding a cube, which is what they call the events. And that's the kind of thing that encouraged me to do it for so long. I don't remember exactly when I started the chapter. I believe I was like 18 at the time, maybe 2017 or so. I set up the chapter and I believe at the time they said that I was the first person in the state of Pennsylvania to do a chapter and they said I'm the, I'm one of the youngest as well at the time, which in my head, I was like, I, I can't understand why am I young? How is this young? Why isn't everybody my age 
doing this. It didn't make any sense. So we did that for a few years. It took a long time to gain people. They based their stuff off of Facebook groups. So we got a brand new Facebook group. And now the most recent numbers were around 100, 120 maybe. I don't quite remember. And it was really good. Obviously, COVID put a big wrench in that because we couldn't really be in person, of course. So the combination of COVID and also the weather, because since it's an outdoor demonstration, unless you have some place where you're allowed to, like a mall that lets you do it, for example, most of the time is on the sidewalk. But obviously in the winter, we couldn't be outside with computers or if it's raining or snowing. So we didn't have a cube for like maybe a year plus. And when we were finally starting to plan another one, things kept coming up, I could tell that there was just tension. The issues that we were mostly having were with the regional organizers and the overall head organizers of the group. Over time, I had heard different things, different posts that I've seen them make, different statements, videos. I've heard testimonies from other people who used to have a chapter who no longer do. And they said the same thing. They said, this is bad. The organization's bad and I'm not happy to like support them. And I I weighed the pros and cons for a while and I thought, look, I really like doing this. This is powerful stuff. It's platformed in order to organize people to make a big change. I mean, I could definitely do this by myself, but having their resources is a very good thing. And the fact that we're all kind of troubleshooting together. So we went with that for a while. And there was a few things where I bent the rules slightly. Like, for example, you're supposed to have a cube and it has to be even on all sides. One time we found ourselves in a situation where there wasn't space for a cube or the people for a cube. So we did a triangle instead. Didn't tell them it's okay, but they would be really mad. And see, that's the issue. They were more worried about the perfection of the format and that you're following their exact guidelines to a T than the overall, is this doing good? Is this producing the result we're hoping to produce? And this past December, I was minding my own business, working on some finals and my friend Tori who was the, I actually met him at our cube, encouraged him to open the Harrisburg chapter. And so he was the runner of the Harrisburg AV chapter. He likes to do random things where he will dress up in a costume and he'll do different good deed type things. And he posts about it. Since it was around Christmas time, he dressed up in a Santa suit, got on his motorcycle and went around and did good deeds. One of the things he did was went through a uh, Wendy's drive-thru and paid for the order of the person behind him. I was just scrolling Facebook and I said, oh, what's Tori up to this time? Oh, of course, in a Santa suit on a motorcycle. He's paying for people's food. That's nice. I clicked like, scrolled on, didn't think anything of it. I get a message from the regional organizer saying, "Uh, are you aware that you hit like on a post that promotes animal abuse? And I mean, I'm paraphrasing, of course. I was like, "Um, what do you mean? And they like screenshotted it and showed me and said, you like this post. And I was like, yeah, I clicked like on it. What's the issue? And they're like, he's clearly purchasing meat, which is animal torture. Are you okay with condoning this action? He is clearly not vegan. And if you condone this action, then neither are you. I said, I'm not a fan of that choice that he made, but the fact that he's doing good deeds is good. And I have since 
talk to him about that. I said, Hey, Tori, maybe not the best call. Maybe you could have, you know, gone to a Starbucks or even then it's milk, but there's, you know, there was, there was other options he could have done to be honest. And, and, and I don't love that action. And he said that he hadn't really thought twice about it. And after the fact he was like, Oh yeah, I guess that's a good point. The point of it was that they were so hyper fixated that I clicked like on a post. And even when I said, I don't condone his action, I don't agree with him that he did that. They said, all right, that's all we need to know. And then they said, you're no longer an organizer. You may not be affiliated with this group anymore. You, you're, all your organizational rights have been stripped from you and then blocked and removed me and everything. They did the same to Tori. We were both understandably upset about this. That's kind of how that ended, which is very sudden. I didn't expect one day to just get a message. And then this thing that I've worked for for years was just gone in an instant. So I instantly made a quick Facebook group called it Lancaster Vegan Activists. We need something because, you know, they might be posting at this very minute in the group that I'm no longer a part of saying, hey, blah, 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 blah. This is what happened. Maybe they don't say what happened. Maybe they just say, hey, we need an organizer. We don't have an organizer. So I wasn't sure. And I so I wanted to share the story as fast as possible before they were to post anything. I tried to gather as many people from the group as we can. And the idea is that I, it was never about AV specifically. It was about that was a framework to do the good work. That was the framework that let us have conversations with people that let us make some progress. So that's why this new Facebook group I created, the idea is, hey guys, we can do the same thing. We're not associated with them anymore. It's fine. We can make our own rules. And so that's kind of what we're at right now, but it's a little difficult to get it off the ground without their, you know, nagging, which is of course a double-edged sword. We don't want them to be like, hey, when are you going to plan another event? But at the same time, it got us to plan events. In hindsight, the further it goes, the more I'm glad it's over. But I was definitely shell-shocked when it first happened. Yeah, I can see why. I mean, it sounds like they're very dogmatic about their tactics and stuff. So, oh, well. I mean, it's great that you started something new. At least there's that. Yeah. I think it's incredibly inspiring. You're still in the game after all these stories that you're sharing. And you still have this passion (laughs) for the work. So thank you for so much for your enthusiasm. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's not, you know, it's definitely discouraging. I'm not going to lie. It's frustrating. And I have to just hold on to the thing of I remember. Remember these people and the conversations and the things and it's there it still exists it just wasn't at Kutztown and it wasn't with AV but it was the the vessel that allowed it to happen but you can pour that liquid into a different vessel and get a better result even because it was a cracked vessel that was leaking <laughs> really running with this metaphor I like <laughs> yeah well on yeah. to some more hopeful topics so you're graduating soon congratulations yeah. in advance thank you <laughs> and you're about to enter the quote unquote real world which <laughs> oh my spoiler God. alert isn't a thing no one knows what they're doing it's real <laughs> you mean this has been a simulation this whole time yes yes i always feel like the the way that we talk about it is that childhood and school is like the tutorial it's like the here's how to play the game it's like all right you've mastered the skills now you get full access to the game <laughs> And then no one knows what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, you can buy booze later in life, which is kind of nice. But other than that, yeah, no one knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've already passed that point. I'm going to be 23 and a half by the time I'm graduating. As you're looking for jobs and career choices, how is your veganism and your ethics factoring into your decisions when you're looking at potential 
careers or employers do you yeah everyone's well run to ethical dilemmas or are you looking for something that aligns with your passions yeah so i do graphic design which is an oversimplification is usually what i just tell people uh the name of the program is communication design but no one knows what that means so we just say graphic design so that including that breaks down into my specialties are custom like hand lettering typography, websites, coding. And I really love packaging design. That's been one of my favorite things. And I have always noticed kind of part of the reason when I was picking a major, because I didn't pick a major until two years in of my total of six years. When I was transferring to Kutztown, I had too many credits to be undeclared. They said, you have to pick a major if you want us, us to accept you. So I had two weeks to quickly decide on a major. I found three categories that I liked. I liked psychology, I liked marketing, and I liked art, but I don't like art in terms of just like, oh, pretty painting, here, sell a painting. I knew I didn't want to do that because if I wanted to make art, it was for my own reasons. But design, I feel is very different than that because it's like a tool to solve a problem. The connection of those three things was basically designed for me. Because when you're doing a package, I mean, if you're walking in the grocery store and you see some new vegan company that just put something out, a salad dressing, let's say it's a ranch dressing, if their label looks like someone's mom made it on their home printer 10 years ago, you're probably not going to think that that is A, worth the price or B, going to taste even slightly decent especially if you're already like veg skeptical. If you're already like, oh, well, my friend wants me to try more vegan food, but it's probably not very good. Hey, Brenda Kirchner's vegan ranch dressing design is amazing. Thank <laughs> you very much. <laughs> if you have something, the package is your first impression of that product. It is everything. That's kind of been my mission because I've always like really cared about the bottle that comes in, the box that comes in. It tells people, hey, this is a with a company who knows what they're doing. The formula is probably really good. And I've seen that in the way that people react to pr products. I showed somebody like, here's some vegan food that exists. And I look up Via Life's website. It looks really good. It looks put together, professional, you know, great photography, great graphics. It looks like they know what they're doing and that it's probably pretty good. And I hate to bash on them, but follow your heart. At least a few years ago before they updated things, their packaging fell behind. Their website was kind of a mess. And it didn't really look like this was an up-to-date product with the newest in food science and recipes. It didn't look like it would taste good. And if you're looking at a product and it says like 4 or $5 for some cheese, you hope it's good. And you're more likely to risk that money on a product if you feel confident that it's going to be something good. So that's kind of been my passion for years, ever since I started. I'm not really sure where I would do that. And that's always been the question. I thought like, oh, I have time. Uh, when I get to my senior year, I can figure that out. It's that time now. What am I doing? How do I get there? You know, I feel like in order to work for a place like that, it might be a more specific company. Like I say, oh, I want to work for Daya. So we contact Daya. And I could do that. And I probably will do that. But I'm not sure if I really want to move to wherever these places are. So I'm kind of in this process of figuring that out right now. I'm in a portfolio class. We're designing my website. We're designing business cards, resume, all that. A lot of it is figuring out what do I want to do? I know for a fact 
that I need to be doing something that is connected to something important, a cause. I don't want to just throw away 40 hours a week sitting at a desk, staring at a computer screen, doing nothing that's not for any good purpose. I'm not okay with doing that. I will rent a van and live the van life if that's what it means. I'm not going to be stuffed away in a little prison cell of an office. And I learned that very much the hard way. I had an internship. It wasn't my thing to say the slightest. And while it was relating to what I like to do, the format of how they work just was not for me at all. And I'm, I'm sure it works for somebody, but it just, it's not my thing. I need to be interacting with people, having like collaborative meetings and, you know, a variety of things. So that's something I'm actively figuring out, looking for options and opportunities and connections. Cause I feel like I've built so many connections, like with you guys, with the people that we all know, there's so many people who know people who do things. So that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. Any suggestions is always something I'm looking for actively. We can put your information in the show notes and people can reach out to you. And uh, maybe you can yeah. get a sweet, sweet job from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Be Kind podcast bump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to anyone out there who's struggling with advocating for the animals or feeling like what they're doing isn't making a difference, what advice would you give them to get them through that funk? Reach out to the people who specifically you know. Like, for example, with you guys, I know this person and that person and that person. Like, I really like what we do. I like the essence of it. Wherever you find that essence, wherever you find the good thing that you're looking for if it's not there if you're at a school and it's just not the environment hold on to that essence and reach out to those people specifically so you're reminded hey it still exists it's easy to forget that it's still out there when you're not around it and that's like the hardest thing but everything exists even when it's not currently existing where you are thank you again ella it's been great we'll put your portfolio and website info in the show notes. So if anyone out there is looking for a nice, what was the official title? Not graphic designer, but... Uh, yeah, graphic designer. Graphic designer. Yeah. You can reach out and get her on your team and learn a little bit more about her work. And if you want to get a hold yeah. of us, you can send us an email at bekindpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to the Be Kind Podcast. Presented by the Animal Advocates of South Central Pennsylvania. Yeah.